I'm not the only earth sign who can be shady. I'm a, I'm a dick. That's two different things. No, not at all. There is some shadiness. Dicks cause shade if you put it over your face. I don't even know, bro. I can't I can't even intro a podcast with that. Like, I can't. <laughs> Start the thing now. Why pre-gentle people? Welcome to another episode of the Culture Wise Podcast. So we talk about what's important in Jamaican music and culture. You don't know the chap. I'm your host, Ro McKay. Tell them for low McKay. But you see me. Hey. Long time I don't hear that. What? Long time you don't hear that. That, that catchphrase. Intro? Yeah, your catchphrase. Tell them for low the key. Pie. Scale him. Make them know. See, because it was giving the streets a false impression. <laughs> and you don't know representation is important. You're, you're, you're very right. You're very right. And image is oh, important. Oh, absolutely. Never want to be, you know, falsely uh, misrepresented in the streets at all. The cred is important. Yeah, of course. We leave, we leave, we leave that part of the culture to the people and who, you see me, them in the streets. Facts. Mad thing. How are you doing, Key? I'm doing good, you know. I had a pretty good weekend. Um, I started uh, watching Breaking Bad again because, yeah, the nostalgia really hold me, guys. Isn't this like the fifth time now? No, I haven't rewatched it since the first time I watched it straight through because I waited until it ended to binge it. And so I really got to enjoy it as a full show and now i'm enjoying it as a full show again and it's it's such a good show I, I, it's coming off of last week when i was talking about how i love art yeah feeling feeling good getting to enjoy some things some space how are you how's your weekend my weekend was straight um i feel like the weekends are so much shorter now i, I, I remember when i was like so much time like the weekends <laughs> would feel so long i was like yo mm-hmm. i can't wait to go back to school on monday and just like link up back with my friends but no i'm just like bro like please I, I, like I, I don't even want to sleep on saturdays so so i can maximize the time because it just feels so short you don't want to miss the day you don't want to miss the day time is so precious now i feel like i, I guess as a kid you because you don't have the scope you kind of take you it have for no granted, responsibilities you know pay no bills no responsibilities Mm-mm, you just live yeah So this whole nostalgia thing I've been, I know we talk about it all the time, but I've especially like been missing going out to a concert, not really a party. People talk about parties, but I miss the feeling of experiencing the music that I love. I feel like I can't connect to it the same way. And there's just like nothing there's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing to come home and like talk about. Like, I feel like. Damn, nigga, you sound very negative. Are you? Okay? I am okay, but <laughs> but now because of, I guess because of lockdown. Is that a cry for help, fam? No, no, no. I'm. You know, I've been working on my self discovery. We we we're getting help. We're getting help. But yeah, like. Why to all your discovery? Could I be a whole channel to it? I am a channel. <laughs> but yeah, like, I can't. We're in the we're in the pandemic, and all all there is to talk about is like work and Netflix. But there used to be a whole section of our life that we talk about and building up to these moments that we could share with each other. And I don't know, I really I've been missing that. Well, I mean, I think a part of that as we as we talk about like enjoying um, concerts, I think I think a part of the the problem is 
because we don't have concerts, one, a lot of artists aren't releasing music, and two, some of the artists that are releasing music, they're not necessarily everybody's trying to fill the void, all the effort, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not translating into a concert, or it's not it's not going to translate into doing a tour, and and I mean plus like people are people are exhausted. We've been through a yeah, whole bro. year of just like negative news on top of negative news and so you know i mean artists are human beings too and so i i can just imagine that mm-hmm. you know they're trying to protect themselves and their families and so we're not necessarily getting the yeah. quality that we're expecting and I, and i think that's hindering us from enjoying it but um and it could be like how we're longing for this you know this um outlet they're probably longing for it for their inspiration like life is their muse you know and when yeah. when creating art is your livelihood when the the life part that inspires you gets taken away like eh. i can't ima- i honestly can't imagine how that is i feel i feel very limited as a creator i can't imagine how it is for somebody who it is their main income and their everything i don't know you know it's somewhat um similar to when cartel first went to jail right and my perception of the situation was you know, he was still releasing music, but the output just wasn't at the same level or just didn't have the same sense of quality that we've mm-hmm. come to expect from, from Cartel. Like, he's had hits, but I think a part of that was, you know, he wasn't on the, like in the streets to get the sense, the same inspiration. Because I think, you know, we, we talk about, like, art mimicking or art reflecting life. And so when you're in jail and you're probably seeing those same four walls every single day, like you know you don't really get a, a lot of inspiration to write music and, and, to, and to create music and then you start to rely on the sources that you've that you already know stuff that you've probably already From memory. Yeah. right and so that's when you i guess that's when the music starts to feel a little repetitive because yeah that's what that's what happens you can only you can only what you call it you can only create what you're influenced by or inspired by it's like trying to draw from memory when you're in art class and you try to do still like yeah you need you need new stimuli that's that's what i'm thinking of that's what i'm thinking of but, yeah. why bad man not get stimulated i feel like you need help <laughs> i do but that's beside the point <laughs> what is the point remain what is the point the point is even in this pandemic Artists are intensely focused on how am I going to be remembered? What is my legacy going to be, right? And I think that was the same thing that really hit Cartel when he went to jail, right? Like, how how are people going to remember me? I mean, a part of that is, like, remembering the the, the cultural moments that Cartel and, and his music basically, like, spurred. You know what I mean? I mean, I think a lot of people are just thinking about like what what impact have I brought to people on the earth and how I've, how have I moved people with with my music mm-hmm. case in point I was reading an article about Jay-Z he's been in the news a lot lately people have been in like a huge uproar about and he's bas- he's basically saying like he wants to be remembered because there's no concerts <laughs> <sighs> yeah pe- people have a lot of time people on social media have a lot of time to be angry I don't I I, I don't know but he was basically saying he wants to be remembered as Bob Marley. And so mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people yeah, was like, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jay-Z. You, you, you have to, way too much. Too much dip on your dip chip. Dip on your chip, bro. You need to chill. This is Bob Marley we're talking about. And so 
I wanted to get your perception on that. Like, do you feel like Jay-Z is in the same category as Bob Marley or Michael Jackson or, you know, Elvis Presley? I've never what been comfortable blanket comparing people like this. And it's people keep struggling with this concept of multiple things being true. Like um, Jay-Z can be great and Bob Marley can be great and Michael Jackson can be great and Elvis Presley can be great. They can all be great at the same time outside of their, their musical eras. But it don't mean that just because Jay-Z is also great, Michael Jackson is less great or Bob Marley is less great. And I guess it goes to what we're talking about, you know, your muse, your inspiration. When you're trying to express, I don't know, your thoughts about an artist, you you do comparisons. But why is it, the comparison is, it's to do a lesser, a lesser than, greater than kind of thing. And I find that weird. I mean, that's always, that's always the case though. I think, especially with black music, well, as dance. It's trying to box everything and you, you, you can't. Jazz, blues. You know, it's it's always like somebody has to be at the apex. Some, yeah. you know, it's 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 not like a a plateau or a straight line or a spectrum. It's always like oh, somebody has to be on top of the other person. But they don't even you can. They always try to compare people who don't make the same kind of music, True. or people who existed like con- in consecutive timelines, like who. So it's weird to compare people who would be obviously influenced by each other. Because then you start comparing like how they're the same, how they differ, and then complain about how the similarities, but it's, it, it's their influence from each other. It's like when people get upset about samples in, in music, like, oh, they, they stole this from, from this person. No, music is a shared space. It's, it's an open source. And you can say, Jay-Z can want to aspire to be Bob Marley for, whether it is his social impact or the reach of his music or his marketability, how much money, you know, all of these things. But that doesn't mean that Jay-Z is trying to replace Bob Marley or, or replace his legacy. No, Bob Marley is universally known. He, he represents a height of this, this industry. Yeah. In terms of and in choose choose a what you call it choose a category choose an attribute Bob Marley kind of embodies yeah. all of these things so Jay Z can aspire to to be that that's that's fine guys yeah I mean it's like you have a mentor you want to emulate him because that's that's kind of what I I got from it like he is inspired by the fact that when you for example when you think about when you think of reggae mm-hmm. you automatically associate that with Bob Marley and how his music help us to to break certain barriers and to push us on the global stage you know what i mean and how his music was able to like touch people regardless of your your background regardless of your skin color regardless Mm -hmm. of your geographic location and so i mean i think that's something amazing to uh, to aspire to like it just speaks to the legacy that no bob marley has i i think as we've been talking about this whole notion about legacy and 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 memory you know Mm -hmm. i was watching the this docuseries on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution is basically, you know, talking about the different eras in hip hop and how hip hop got started and how, you know, it became accepted by the, the wider society. And one thing really stuck out to me was they were talking about Run DMC um, and Run DMC, basically their, their look was like iconic. Like they would wear yep. Adidas truck suits and they would wear 
you know, like the Kangos and they would wear the Shelto Adidas shoes, the superstars. They made Adidas cool. Yeah, you see me? And they even had a song that was called My Adidas and eventually got yep. a brand with the company. And it became such a huge cultural phenomenon where, like, everybody at their concerts would be wearing Adidas. Everybody in the streets, if you're a fan of Run DMC, you'd, you know, you, mm-hmm. would, you, would have on, you would have on Adidas, basically, because, like, you're, you're now a part of a community. And, and, and I, even just me seeing that, it just made me remember a lot of the cultural moments where dancehall and even reggae music shaped people's behavior and shaped the culture mm-hmm. and shaped what is commonplace. Because there are a lot of things that happen mm-hmm. on the surface, but For sure. because of it being represented in the music, it brought it to another level. You know what I mean? So like, I guess w- before we, we get into that, like what, what do you think from your perception is the biggest cultural moment that you remember or the biggest change that the, the dancehall and, um, dance has made on the people? Mm-hmm. I know you were trying to like move away from dating yourself, but we're talking about time periods now. So, ush. <laughs> so last week we talked about Clarks, obviously big, yeah. big time period. But other than that, something that really stands out is when, um, when we had to, when the broadcast commission went on a rampage, <laughs> rampage, went on a rampage against Dagger in music, and you could no longer play Ramping Shop on the radio, like Ramping Shop, Ramping Shop, Ramping Shop, Ramping Shop, Ramp. Yeah, Ramping we never, Shop. We ever say anything beyond that? Like Ramping Shop was a moment it was in one of the itself. biggest moments. You know what I mean? Like. With things we talk about, sexual liberation, boy, if, sep- if sexual liberation was a song, it might be ramping shit. Yeah. The, the, the equal roles, you know, the man and the woman singing at the same yeah. time. But such explicit lyrics. Like usually it, the, the dance hall is, is coded, you know, but ramping shop was, was pretty out there. And so it was so out there that obviously the, the government had to come in and crack in and say, guys, it's a little too liberal. And that was at a time where yeah, I was old enough to, to have these things in my consciousness. I started going to liquor parties here and there. And so when, when you couldn't, when they started, you know, talking about ramping shop and the sexual music and the pitney yeah. them, I was like, I'm like a quote unquote pitney and I'm listening to ramping shop. What does that, what does that mean about, what, is it, what are you trying to say about me? Like, just because I listen to ramping shop, I'm going to go and start a ramping shop, portray the ramping shop. So... It's from a, from that age I started thinking about censorship and things like this. So, yeah, it I, it was definitely a moment, and obviously in the in the zeitgeist of of Jamaica, the response was, mm-hmm. um, I still want to the artists still want to make sexual music, but now they started playing around with the language a little more. Instead of saying F U C K, they would say touch <laughs> and things like that. I mean, so, for it to be like radio acceptable. For it to be radio acceptable, exactly. So the artist also had to evolve in this way to start really considering radio acceptable music. Big concepts, big concepts. Yeah, but I mean, even even with that though, like nobody likes the clean version. Like if you if you go for the clean version of dancehall music, like people will laugh at. Like <laughs> you, you just don't you just don't do that. It's me like a part a part of the the reason why the music is so potent is because of how explicit it is or because of how right it is but yeah. i definitely agree with you i feel like that was a shift 
where I mean having spice yep. on the song too, like it, it was a form of like sexual acknowledging freedom for, the women. For women. Like no, it's it's not just yeah, it's not just a male dominated. We're in this together. Act. No, it's like yeah. two, the two are we unite. Right. You know mm, what I mean? The like two are we are back with the something is not something thing. is not being done to spice. She's yeah. actively participating. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to you. And and so like yeah, I feel like that that shifted people's perception to 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 a great extent. But I mean, like even even with that though, right? Like like the the, the space where that that dancehall exists in, like women has have always been or always con- or captured that type of energy in terms of just being you know super expressive and and just enjoying themselves and and feeling that this is a space where I can just be liberated. But that was a real moment where now we have, in this era, and this generation, a song that represents us. Yeah, goody. And, and then you, when you even go beyond that, I know you like have... Like a buckle of Pepsi. Aishana Equal Rights. Hey. And she has say, yo, I'm on X, Y, Z, and you need to do the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see me? Like, that, that, that's, that's crazy to me because... That's something that you would never ever hear artists artists say. But these are the things that I feel like shift shift people's perception and, and shift the culture. Two thousand and nine, something <sighs> happened, something was in the water. Yeah. yeah. You're saying you started talking about Something did not the water, yeah. man. You started talking about, you know, do people even like the clean versions? And I think that's what that's part of what made these songs this time such a quote unquote moment. Because we had to grapple with all of these things like who listened to the clean version and then you get caught when you go out in public and you and you, you start singing the clean version. Everybody's I start singing a lot and everybody's like, Whoa Start singing the wrong lyrics. Um no. So you get caught. Yeah. It's so interesting. That's, See, eh? that's such a that's such a nice memory. Yeah, what was wild to me though was like Cartel to me, he was one of them on them where really bring that to the forefront of the music. Like, I don't know, I'm seeing Rampin' mm-hmm. Shop, I'm seeing Freaky Girl, you know what, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, and then him have the whole Lisa Hyper saga. and Boy, saga indeed. Which, I mean, that that was a rough situation because like, she got, she got cancelled for that. But that's something that people do. But you know who's back? You know, you know who's like back in, on the, the scene? The you know who's groups. back on the scene? Lisa Hyper, Lisa Swiper. And she have a song with, she have a new song with Cartel. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but see, I mean, it's it's somewhat similar to the situation Boy. that Milk went through, right? Where like she basically got got cancelled for something that That the men you know, majority of majority of the population, you know, do it. And so I feel like him singing that song made it more acceptable to some. Not degree. acceptable enough for not acceptable enough for these women to you know salvage their careers in a timely fashion. But hey, we move, I suppose. True, true, true. It's crazy how music makes certain things acceptable, right? I think that even for me, like another cultural moment too was like Michael Keek Soap Jackson, and. Bleaching was a thing before before cartel, but yep. <laughs> like we talk about the whole clock situation last week too. My sure know that when the man sing the bleaching song like the price of cake soap rise, the, the the skin gurus would be cringing or would be like, <laughs> P 
peeling off their skin knowing that people were using cake soap to wash their faces. Like, that's insane. I remember, I remember going into the bathroom and seeing the girls them line up, you know, and them have them soap, them washing, because it's getting ready to go home after school, you have to, you have to refresh up yourself. Yeah, man, you don't know what the thing go already, man. And I am not going to lie, I was influenced. I was pressured by my peers to try it, and my face did cool for real. There, Carcel, he was onto something. He was onto something. I, I don't know what the exact science is, but yeah, that definitely works. So... I mean, that's another real bleaching still, cause no, 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 no. Your skin not come, and I, and I say your skin come. You know what I mean? Like, does it maintain the bleaching? Yeah. Is it with this cool, with this coolness? So you know. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, cause you're overheating and them thing there. I have to ask you, you no. know, cause you're the cool boss. Me. <laughs> Me. I know you. I know you were selling the um, cartel son. Yo, you don't. You didn't have to read. You, that. you. That was a passing thought <laughs> in the last episode. Did not have to read that. But I feel like it take the streets by storm. You see me like the people them start by um the nodding. Well, what me didn't know is still both the nodding nola. Korean toothpaste and all sorts of things. Uh, when it really start connecting, with when the people them start the bleaching pill. Mm-hmm. And it became it became such a like after cartel brought it back to everybody's attention. Then um, Dion Dion Miller had to go and do the the, the bleaching documentary, and that in itself was a next moment. Yeah, <laughs> like I, mean. I I had to rewatch it the other day because I I had a share. It came out when I was still in school, so it came out and I shared it with my friends, and it was interesting to see this the bleaching aspect, um, to see how far reaching it was, and to on to get a a chance to understand why people do it because you you have your assumptions, but are they, you get to hear it from the people who actually do it. And mm-hmm. and it was, you worry that people get exploited in these moments when they're talking about bleaching because people are judgmental. But it was very informative and mm-hmm. also hilarious. <laughs> you had whingy with our eyelashes and all of that. Through our faws. Through. Through. <laughs> Iconic time. The more we talk about this, the more, I, the more that... I realize cartel is such a pin. Maybe it's our age, or it's the it goes to the timelessness, timeless, yeah, the age. timelessness of cartel. But he is he's either spurred a lot of these moments that we think of, or or like I said, brought them to the consciousness and um, things that cartel popularized the cake. So street vibes and just mm-hmm. yeah, he I don't know how him do it. I don't know how him stay plugged in even from jail. Well, with him have an IG still, uh, so I guess I guess social media keeping him, keeping him up to date. For me, though, you know, one of the bigger questions is we always talk about the music being influential, right? When it comes to everyday life, sex. When it comes to politics, how them use the artist song them for dub plate. But another part of it is, you know how them say oh like the music influence crime for example if the music would influence scamming or chopping you know what i mean if a man see, if a man hear an artist sing about a certain lifestyle and he's aspiring you know to that as a youth will grow up like it really begs the question from if we're saying that the artist can shift the economy right the artist can shift like self-perception the artist can shift 
social dynamics or gender dynamics. It just begs the question of can the, can the music shift like and, and does it have an influence on crime? I mean, I, I think a part of that, that conversation is one like we like we were alluding to with the the, the censorship you know talk and our broadcasting commission were kind of cutting down on the dagger and like people need to have their own they need to be accountable for themselves they need to be accountable and if you're a parent you need to be accountable for your kids you know what i mean certain and certain type of music you're not going to at least in in your own household that you can control you're not going to introduce certain and certain type of music cuz obviously right. if you know if you're a youth in in the streets you're going into the minibuses or you're going into the coasters even if even if you're going on cook shop like you can't stop you know the 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 them from hearing certain type of music because the music is so ingrained in in the culture it exists in every fabric of our existence as Jamaicans do you believe that the music has an influence on crime and like where do we draw the line in terms of its influence so we had a we had a clubhouse talk about a clubhouse chat is that what you call it but yeah we were on clubhouse and we talked about this um um intersection of um dancehall and crime and what influences what and and so forth and as you pointed out dancehall does we acknowledge that dancehall influences these let's say positive parts of of our life it's easy for us to say it impact culture it impact food it impact um pop culture like the cake soap thing but it it's a little hard it it gets harder for people to say yes it does inf- impact crime obviously because we already established that dancehall is influential influential but i think the what people or where the disconnect is is that it it's it becomes a crutch for people to to talk about crime in jamaica and they just say mm-hmm. you know dancehall is a reason for crime cut it out and but then that that what you call mm-hmm. it disregards what you brought up about accountability raising your children and and understanding that you can't go out you can't follow them around in the world to cover them ears cover them eyes so instead of just creating things as this is a taboo this is this is a good thing you're supposed to be educating like this is for older people or I'm not a parent obviously I'm not going to have the best way to say it right now but not not yet did you just call down pregnancy on me <laughs> I re- I rebuke take it back the pregnancy is in the air wait let me spray some Lysol that's ASMR that's not ridiculous bro. <laughs> but as I was saying, <laughs> as I was saying you can we can acknowledge that it does also impact crime because it's, you know, life isn't, life isn't happy, happy. It does good things, it does bad things. But acknowledging that dancehall impacts crime should not stop us from solving crime, raising our mm-hmm. children, all of these things. And, and when, when you do have a moment like daggering that comes up, how do you address it? How do you address it to your child? You don't, you don't shut it down. You tell them why. Why this is why this is not for you, or why you can't talk about this at school? Because you teach you their settings and time and place and all of these things. So there's never one reason for anything. Remember that, guys. Remember that. Do you remember daggering, brother? Brother dagger that. What do you mean if we remember that? That 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 was that was a that was a while. Now that. I mean, it's not necessarily quote unquote whining, but Mm-mm. you know what I mean. For all the youths, them way. Them don't really have the waistline, them way there. Dagger was a cheat code. It was a cheat code, <laughs> I swear to you. 
But yeah, I mean, you're you're right. You're right because a lot came out of the the whole clubhouse conversation that we had. Mm-hmm. But I feel like one of the things that I connected with, right? Basically, how the people them operate is we want to diminish the moral authority of the state and people especially elites are incredibly willing to demonize dancehall music and how artists would deliver you know their perception on societal injustices and their perception on the, the realities that people marginalized people face and they're more willing to do that rather than blame like like the fact that we have a sect of people that right have this level of distrust you know mm-hmm. with the government because they haven't they haven't provided you know concessions for for poor people you know what i mean like they they have this distrust f- for for a reason and so just like how you say we we can't we do believe that it has an an influence on how people operate absolutely but at the same time right we also have to I feel like my my personal perception of it is that everybody has a role to play in the the whole you know matrix and ecosystem of why certain certain uncertain things happen, especially as it relates to crime, and you know everybody everybody has to be a, has, has to be accountable mm-hmm. to their degree of influence, and we can't never discount the the influence of the state on the social conditions and the economic outcomes of the people who they govern. But yeah, like like I think like we said, it's just an it's just an interesting in in such so such an interesting dynamic because the music, in part, is almost like I want to say counterculture. It is a counterculture, right? So it's like how are we faulting people who are simply representing their reality, right? Dancehall, reggae, counterculture. You know what I mean? Because because a, a, a part of it is them just singing about the things that they saw growing up and, and the things that they experienced growing up or, or some of the things that they experience in, in, in today's world. Mm-hmm. And so how can we fault somebody who is just as acting as a mirror to the injustices that you know are caused because the, the people have no economic safety in it? And then making, it, making certain things taboo is gaslighting. But not only the people, not only the artists singing about their life, but it's also gaslighting your your children when you instead yeah. um, have these real conversations. You just do this. You just go censorship, or you just shut down conversations. So there's no growth, and so nobody really changes. You know. So yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think fundamentally, like everything we've said up to this point, echoes the fact that. The music has an influence, and it creates a lot of cultural moments. Mm-hmm. I think it comes back to the point of as people who have a, a, a sense of consciousness, we have to evaluate on whether or not we we want to take on the change or be the the effector of that change. You know what I mean? Like, or like, yeah, you can let a, a song influence your your taste and can influence your buying decision and you, and you get a clocks because of, of of a song you know what i mean or you you know you can be absolutely instrumental in ushering something new a new style and, and a new a new way of seeing the world and and i think that's what that's what i love about music right i, I, I love the fact that regardless of you know what your perception is regardless of 
um, how you see the world. You can represent that through your lyrics. You can represent that through the songs that you create. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a sect of people that it resonates with. And and, and I love that. And, there, and there's going to be a sect of people that their perceptions or their behavior is, is, is shifted because uh, of what is reflected, you know, in your music. And so, you know, ultimately we can't, we can't discount, the, the, you know, the impact of the music, but you as a human being, you have a, a huge amount of control of what you're consuming. Just like how we talk about censorship, you know what I mean? You have, you, like, you can't discount your own agency. And so, you know, if if it's something that you you don't feel right consuming, then you know what I mean. Like, just delete that off of your Spotify playlist, bro. Yeah, man. Don't let the don't let the peers pressure you. You are a person. Facts. Just just because just because um, Gazella sing about bleaching, you don't you you you're you don't ascribe to bleaching. Two things: you don't have to bleach. <laughs> you don't have to burn out bleaching. You can decide this is not for you. You can decide this is not for you. You don't want to. This is not. These aren't your people, and you can move on. Exactly. And you don't. You there's never there's never a need to demonize something that you don't like. Exactly. And I, I don't know if that obviously that's not uh, it's not unique to Jamaicans, but Jamaicans are very good at that. <laughs> Jamaicans are very good at that. <laughs> It is. I blame the parents. But like it's like you said, it's a it's a cycle of of um everybody accepting their their roles in it, and yeah. So you you're talking about you know them singing about their their harsh realities, and that remind me of when I was watching that that Nat Geo documentary about scamming in Jamaica, and the some of the guys that they interviewed were. Uh, it was it was somebody who sing a popular song about scamming. I don't remember which one. It wasn't a scaly bang. But he said, Me not really scamming her, but my see people scam. Someone just sing about it. And hey and Gold, then Gold God? I think it was Golgad. I think it was Golgad. yes, that actually sound like it could be him. Golgad is a but joker, I swear it, to you. <laughs> I have to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. He says that he doesn't partake. Him only see people around him scam, so I'm singing about it. Mm. And now we're in this whole era of scamming, trapping, dancehall, and we're we're in we're living through another moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, I wonder how how that's going to be, how the the way you call it, I guess, the longevity of these moments are, how the how the pandemic might impact them, and I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. I've been, I've been really having an existential crisis. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it's just like anything, right? Like, everything is for uh, a season. And so, I mean, it's it's going to be here for a time until until people find, you know, the new thing to make money. And so, I, I don't know. I feel like the scamming thing, you know, especially when we hear, well, like the, the lady will work at NCB, right? And she had TV for the millions of dollars, despite the fact that she worked a million, millions of dollars per Jeez year. Jeez, I'm right? Like, some of that boils down to personal choice. You know, you have some people in some situations where, like, they, you know, they desperately need it because medical, you know, medical expenses are, you know, really, really, really burdensome. Mm-hmm. Or them go through school and necessarily come out with, like, a great job. And so, they have to, you know, apply a different trade. Life is happening. I mean, I don't know. It comes down to, Come down to personal choice, but mm-hmm. that's that's where 
the state can play a role in, in empowering people by making sure that we're creating fulfilling jobs and that people are not underemployed. Even in that even in that situation, it's funny how well from what I saw, people are trying to justify this I, this instance of scamming, and um, they they're trying to justify this instance of scamming. And earlier in the year, or you know, time is time is just a blur at this point. But at some other point, people were oh, it's probably when the documentary came out, and we're we're having a similar a similar discussion about why people scam, why do people lean to crime and everything. And the people who who were scamming out of genuine need, there were hotel workers that um, they don't, they honestly aren't getting paid what you call livable wages. So people were ready to demonize people who were desperate and trying to find a, a way out. Because as you said, people have been left by the system and all of this. And then there, there's this lady who making eleven million a year and scam whatever whatever she, whatever she she her reasons were. It was easy for them to justify that and demonize the people who could, who need the help. I mean, either way, the reality is you're, you're inflicting a certain level of pain on somebody else. Yep. You can't quantify the, the, the emotional because I mean, like you're you're stealing from somebody. Yeah. I recognize the fact that you know, I, as an individual in my current state, like I'm privileged. But me, me, me grew up in a situation where me that did feel hungry, and me could have turned to, you know, do something else, and me could have turned for. You know what I mean? Like, if you do the know what I mean. And you chose not to. At the end of the day, like we said, personal accountability is important. And you have to figure out, like, how can I navigate my current situation and get to potentially what's the, what's the best outcome? Because uh, at, at, some, at some point, it just falls down to greed. Because, you know what I mean? More. Like, some, some of these people, like they would, even the lady, like, you get to a certain point and... You know, so you what you wanted to get out of it initially, that's taken care of. But because you feel like, say, you you start to test, mm-hmm. you can go a little further. You can get a little, you can get one more meal. You know what I mean? You, you try to push the, you try to push the <laughs> boundaries of the situation, and then no, that's where you get caught. Like I'm not telling anybody what to do or how to do. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just a simple podcaster. But what I'm saying is. <laughs> You have, you have to be, you have to be accountable. You right. can't make the moments shift you, and you are shift the moments. Riding that wave, baby. So me see it, and I saw me go try to live my <laughs> yeah. life. It, I guess this whole conversation just goes back to something. Something can be influential. Something can be influential, but do you have to be influenced by it? And you can just because you're enjoying dance hall. You don't have to. You don't have to do it. You don't have to internalize these songs. You can go to the. You can go to the party and bubble and sing "Bodia Freaky Girl." My love, you can't tell me that. But you don't have to be that person. You don't have to become the lyrics of the song. You don't have to portray them out in your life. And people should also stop expecting that the artists, um, also. The artists are going to care about their well Right, right. Like, give a fuck about them. Yeah. Like, bro, they're, they're, they're in the business of making music. Yeah. Have, like, you're, you're a grown human being who is able to qualify, who is able to critically analyze information. And if you feel like it's not, it's not resonating with your own personal values, 
you don't listen to the, the, the song. Thank you, my friend. You have, contr- you have control, yeah. bro. Yeah. Take agency for your You're life. You're in charge. You're in charge. Do your thing. You can. It's it's like those 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 TikToks or those memes of, of people, them driving to them to them big job and they're blasting. <laughs> they're blasting all the, the nasty music, the trap of music, whatever. And then you just go to work. You just go and live your life. And that's fine, guys. You can enjoy the music. You can enjoy these moments. You can feel the nostalgia. It can make you feel good. But they don't define you. They don't define you. Listening to this, listening to, to Chopper Dancehall does not make you a scammer. And on that note, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Culture Wise Podcast. You don't know. We talk about what's important in Jamaican music and pop culture. And as always, don't do it for the likes. Do it for the culture. Stay culture-wise. I'm your host, Romy K, signing out until next time. Peace.